listening to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. When I was uh, just five years old, my uh, dad, who is my hero today, and my parents are amazing people and uh, raised five kids, and uh, that is a feat in itself. And uh, one day when uh, I was just a little girl, five years old, he went, my dad went for the day fishing. And uh, this was a completely new boat, so the guys wanted to, you know, trial it and give it a go. So they went out off the Coromandel in New Zealand for the day. But it came to the end of the day and they didn't return. And what had happened is they were on their way back at the end of the day and the motor of the boat stopped working. And so they uh, had no communication on them at all, which Dad hadn't realised when we got into the boat. There was no cell phones, no flares, no radio at all. And so for the entire night, they had no choice but to drift. They just went, had to go with the weather. A storm came in as well. And so for the entire night, my mum and all the other wives realised that they were missing, phoned the Coast Guard. The Coast Guard was looking for them the entire night, but the storm was so huge they couldn't see them. The waves were breaking over the side of the boat. And needless to say, they were terrified. They honestly thought that they were going to lose their lives that night. And it came to morning, though, and... uh, as they were, they looked out, they realised how far they drifted, way past land. And as the swell was still going in over the, the waves of the swell, when the boat got to the crest of the wave, my dad saw a fishing boat in the distance. And he had a mean farmer's whistle, so he got his whistle happening. And in the distance, he could see the fishermen on the boat just looking around, trying to find out where the noise was coming from. He could see him checking out the engine and just perplexed, where's this noise coming from? And at the perfect time, he looked up when Dad's boat was at the crest of the wave as well, and he saw Dad and the rest of the the guys that were on the fishing boat. And he came over, towed them into shore, and he said to them, Now, you guys were only a kilometre from where the ocean floor just drops and the storm just goes to a whole next level and you would have lost your lives completely. You would have been done for. And he said, I never usually come to this spot, but this morning I just felt to. And God intervened and totally saved the entire group of guys and my dad as well. And I still remember him as this little five-year-old girl coming home. My mum was furious. She stayed inside, wouldn't even go and talk to him which I didn't understand as a little girl, but I totally get now. And uh, I still remember the miracle. It was all over the papers, these guys being found. And now as I was preparing for this message, I remembered that story. And, uh, you know, the amazing part of that, what happened is the boat ended up drifting because the anchor that they had when they discovered that the motor stopped working, the anchor that they had Dad said, all right, let's drop the anchor. It wasn't long enough to attach to the ocean floor. And I felt God in that moment say, is our hope deep enough to attach itself? Is our hope deep enough for our soul to find attachment? I felt the Holy Spirit whisper, we've got to get our hope deeper. We've got to find our hope, secure our hope in a deeper way. 
Because they couldn't attach their boat, they had no choice to drift. And see, what happens with our soul is we end up drifting if we don't attach ourselves, if our soul is not attached to something that's far more secure than who we are. We all need soul attachment. We all need soul security that goes beyond our circumstances, our feelings, other people around us. We live in a world today where we are hit by storms all the time. We are hit by storms left, right and centre. If we don't have that soul attachment to something that that is greater. We lose our peace. We lose our joy. We lose our strength. Come on, we lose life itself. And we've got to be people that are secured. As Hebrews 6 verse 19 says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Come on, it's talking about this hope that is based on who God is, His promises, His character, His love towards us. Come on, we have such a good God and our soul can secure ourselves to who He is. I love what Beth Moore says about uh, Psalm 62 verse 5, which says, yes, my soul find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. And she says, notice the word hope. The Hebrew term literally means a cord, as an attachment. Every one of us is hanging on to something or someone for security. If it's someone or something other than God alone, you're hanging on a thread, the wrong thread. Come on, is our soul attachment, is it secure in the one who is truly the rock? Come on, is it secure in the one who truly will give us strength? Or is our soul attached to other things that when we find ourselves in the midst of the storm, it's actually not deep enough to secure ourselves? Our hope has got to go deep. I love Deuteronomy 32 verse 4, He is the rock. His works are perfect. All His ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong. Upright and just is He. 2 Samuel 22 verse 2 to 3. And David wrote these words after God delivered him from all his enemies. He had a lot of enemies. He conquered seven different nations. And he says this, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield, the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge and my saviour. 1 Samuel 2 verse 2 also says this, There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. Come on, have we attached ourselves to the rock? The rock, as Psalm 144 says, the rock that is higher than I. The rock that is greater. Come on. Do we have the wonder of the rock that we have? Come on, that we get to build our lives on something, a God that is so stable, secure, rock solid. Come on, do we have the wonder of the God that we know? And I love my little five-month-old boy at the moment. He has just discovered his hands. Like, wow, hands. And he just, he brings them up in front of his face and he just looks at them like this and just turns his hand like so perplexed. What is this thing? He's just in wonder of his hands. You know, and as we get older in life, as we go through life, we lose the wonder of things. And we get familiar with what we have. Have we lost the familiar? Have we lost the wonder of who our God is? Come on, the security that we have in Him. I look at my life, I'm like, I do not know where my life would be without Him. Come on, have we just got caught up in the motions of life that we've, that we've lost the wonder of the rock that we can build our lives on? Come on, the issue 
is not with the rock when it comes to our soul security. The issue is our attachment to it. How is our attachment going? Now, when fear rises up, what is our response? Is it to shrink back, to allow it to consume us, or do we hold on to the anchor of hope that He is with us, and if He is with us, nothing can be against us? When we despair rises up, what is our response? Do we allow it to dictate how we're going to walk out our lives? Do we allow it to isolate us, get us stagnant? Or do we turn to our anchor of hope that all things work out for the good of those who love Him? Come on, when our insecurities rise up, do we allow them to rob our confidence or do we find our strength and our hope in Him? Come on, how is our attachment going? Because we determine our attachment to the rock by the depth of our hope. We determine our attachment to the rock by the depth of our hope. You know, as dad discovered that night, the storm gets greater when the ocean depth gets deeper. The greater the storm, the deeper our anchor has to go. You know, you may be in a place this morning where you're like, man, the storm is so great. The storm is so wild. I don't know how I can overcome this. The answer is getting your hope deeper. You know, for many of us, we think, well, the storm's got to cease. That's the solution. That's the answer. And we do things. We run away from the storm. We try and escape. We try and have a quick fix like Jonah. You know, we run from the challenge and yet to discover that the storm only gets greater. The answer is not in the storm ceasing, but in your hope deepening. Come on, the answer is not in changing the circumstance, but going deeper and discovering our rock in a greater way, discovering Him as our hope. So what I want to do this morning is just look at deepening our hope, what it means to deepen our hope. And the first thing is we've got to focus on the promise rather than the problem. Focus on the promise rather than the problem. A few weeks ago, I I woke up one morning just really stressing about something. And I I said to Craig, I don't know how to deal with this. This is just too much. It's too consuming. And I needed one of those moments where he was just straight up with me. And he grabbed me and he's like, babe, you are focusing way too much on the problem here. You got to turn your attention to the promise. And for me, it was such a turning point. It was a breakthrough point because it's like, man, I had just got myself into a place where I'd allowed the problem to become so big that it had so consumed me that I could no longer see the promise. And I needed to get out of the bubble of the problem and actually put my eyes on the promise instead. Come on, have we got our, our eyes locked on the promise? Are we holding on to the promises of God? Or we've got consumed by the problems around us. See, our natural tendency is to focus on the problem. Come on, something goes wrong, we go to Google and we try to work it all out and suss it all out and get ourselves in control and try and work out the situation. Come on, we we try and work out the problem. You see the news, the news is just full of problems. It's a dump fest of problems. Now, I watch the news sometimes and it'll say someone's in critical care and then I'm like, I want the follow-up. Like, how are they doing? Like, you know, like, I don't just want the problem. How are they doing a week from now? And you search online and there's no follow-up. There's just a dumping of the problem onto the next problem. And we can be like that. We can just live in our problems, going from one thing to the next thing, but it's never how God designed our lives to be. He designed us to step into the promises, to walk into His Word, to know His love, to know His security, to know His goodness. Come on, to step into His joy. He's got more for us. That's the God that we serve, that we are lived defined by His promises, not by our problems. 
Come on, the Israelites. Man, stepping into the promised land. You're like, guys. And you look at them, you're like, how could you miss out on the promised land? But they got so consumed by the problem. It's a tragic story. Twelve spies sent into the land. Ten came back so focused on the problems, so focused on what they saw with their natural eye, that the entire people of Israel missed out on the promised land. It says this, the 10 came back, gave them a report, and all the Israelites said, the Lord hates us. So he brought us out of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us. Where can we go? Our brothers have made our hearts melt in fear. They say the people are stronger, taller than we are. The cities are large with walls up to the sky. We even saw Anakites there who are giants. How, how crazy is this? They're, they're so consumed by the problem that they actually miss how big their God is in the middle of it. Like they had seen the God who had parted the Red Sea and they had walked on dry land. They had seen God deliver all the plagues uh, to the Egyptians. They'd seen all of that, manna from heaven, water from a rock. They'd seen all these miracles. They'd seen the goodness of God, yet they were so consumed with the problem that they missed out on the promise. And see, when we're consumed with the problem, it warps our perspective, All of a sudden, they're saying, the Lord hates us. It's like, how did you get yourselves there? That the Lord hates you. But when we're consumed by the problem, it warps our perspective. Suddenly, God's the enemy. Suddenly, God's the one that got us there. Suddenly, God's the one that gets all the blame. Rather than the one holding the promise for us and saying, hey, I'm here to deliver you into the promised lands. I'm waiting for you to trust me but we get so consumed with the problem. Come on, what a challenge it is to not allow problems to define us, to dictate, to impair our vision. Come on, what's bigger? The size of your problem or the size of your God? Because if we have a true perspective of who our God is, no problem should ever be an issue. If there is things chipping away at your soul, plaguing you, overwhelming you, worry consuming you. Come on, the problem's got too big. And we need to elevate. We need to increase the size of our God. We've got to get our soul into correct perspective. Come on, you are the one that can get your, your soul into the right perspective. And I find the best way to do this is actually speaking to my soul. It's like there's a microphone that projects over your soul. And so many times we allow our feelings to get on that microphone. We allow our circumstances. We allow the voice of others. We allow the past to speak over that microphone. It's time that we got that microphone back. We actually claimed it with both hands and we spoke God's truth. We spoke God's word over our soul. Come on, soul, like David says, why are you so downcast? Put your hope in God, the living God, the one that you can trust. Come on, when was the last time you spoke to your soul? When was the last time you said to your soul, all right, you're down in the dumps. This is not where you're gonna stay. Come on, put your hope in the living God as David did. Come on, we need to 
stir up our soul. We need to tell ourselves that, no, it's not the end of the day. Our hope, All hope hasn't been lost. We have a God that's greater than all, that's higher than all, that's the one that created the earth. So if He created me, He can overcome this problem that I'm facing. Come on, are we speaking to our soul? We've got to grab that microphone back and project over our soul what needs to be heard. Now, I find what's really helped is actually writing out a declaration of who my God is, who I am in Him, the promises. And most days I read out that declaration. I read it aloud over my life. Come on, if we're going through stuff, get a declaration. Declare it over your life and just see the change take place in your soul. The second thing in deepening our hope is strengthen our convictions. Strengthen our convictions. Now, we live in a world today where the strength of conviction is not celebrated. You know, we're told to have an open mind, to entertain diversity, to expand ourselves, expand our thinking and All of that is great if it means people are treated better, that we're developed, the world around us is a better place. But we can't allow that way of thinking to dismantle our convictions that are based on the Word of God. Come on, the Word of God, it's absolute. The Word of God is the rock that we need in our lives. And we've got to make sure our convictions are based on that Word and nothing else. Convictions such as He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. That He is the God that can be trusted. That every good and perfect thing comes from above. That greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. Come on, for our souls to have secure attachment, we need to be people of deep conviction. Especially concerning the character of our God. Come on, if we're going through stuff. What's the revelation that you need regarding the character of who your God is? Come on, He's a good God. Whatever life has done to you to tell you otherwise, come on, you've got to stop that leading your viewpoint of who God is and get the Word of God and base that uh, the Word of God, that rock, that truth, that conviction that you need. It's got to be based on that, not what life has told you. I remember when... Dad uh, was lost at sea for that night and I came out at the lounge about midnight and saw mum just crying on the couch as she faced the prospect of raising four kids at that time on her own and a friend was hugging her and I remember as this little girl just having not a worry in the world. I knew dad was missing but I had this deep conviction that he loved me and that he would always be there for me. So he was going to be back. And I remember going back to bed that night and sleeping through. And in the morning hearing that dad had been found, the storm didn't affect me at all. Because I had a deep conviction that I was loved and he would always be there for me. You know, imagine if we carried that same conviction when it came to our Heavenly Father. Imagine if we carried that security that I am loved that He is with me, that nothing can be against me. No storm would rock us. Nothing would lose our attachment. Come on, our hope would go so deep. Come on, what revelation do we need about the character of God? 
Come on, if our convictions don't remain strong, it's amazing what we open ourselves up to. This week, uh, on Tuesday, we obviously had the day off and Craig was out the back cleaning up uh, a few things out back, one of them being a bit of a tin, tin shed and moving it to another place. And in the process of that cleanup, he found three redback spiders. And uh, the kids were just absolutely pumped on them. And the next thing, they are on our kitchen bench in a plastic container. And see, I have a conviction that spiders should not be in our home. But I was lenient at the time because, you know, our kids were loving it and it's not that big a deal. But five days later, there's now, still on our kitchen bench, a little habitat set up for these spiders. I mean, they've got little twigs that they're now building their web on. They've got dirt. They've got twigs. Now we're catching bugs and bringing it into that container. And we're feeding these redback spiders. I mean, we're prob- next thing I'll come to church, we'll be breeding them. Like, who, who knows? But because my conviction didn't stand strong enough that spiders should not be in our home, the next thing is we're, we're almost breeding spiders. It's amazing what happens. When your conviction isn't strong enough, what we allow in, what we just kind of compromise in, because it's not that big a deal. Come on, what area of our life do we need deeper conviction in? If we don't stand firm enough in the conviction that God is good, then it's amazing how we take matters into our own hands and we'll make compromises that we never once thought we would. If we don't stand firm enough in our conviction that God loves us, it's amazing how we'll open our lives up to any type of love. If we don't stand firm enough in our conviction that God can be trusted, that He is big enough, it's amazing how shaken we feel and the peace that we can lose. From what conviction do we need to deepen in so that our hope will be secured with our soul? The last thing in deepening our hope is that we've got to remain in Him. Remain in Him. Come on, the one our soul finds restoration in. Psalm 23 says, he restores my soul. Come on, the one that our soul finds nutrients, restoration, is rebuilt in. We find it by remaining in him. John 15 verse four, remain in me as I also remain in you. What a promise that if we remain in him, he remains in us. That he never leaves us. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Well, we're called to remain in him. We make things so complicated. We make our faith often so complicated, but often the answer is finding ourselves remaining in him. You know, we, on Tuesday when we were doing the, the backyard and there was a bit of planting happening as well, and uh, while we were at it, I was like, well, babe, why don't we, you know, go and buy, you know, 50 plants that we need for the backyard and kind of do them at the same time, and meaning us do it, meaning Craig do it. And, uh, and Craig's like, babe, you know, that's, that's not an easy job. I mean, that's, that's a lot of work because it's not just digging a hole that's this deep. You've actually got to dig past the gravel, You've got to dig past the rocky soil so that the plants can get the good soil that they need, get the nutrients that they need to be able to flourish like they need to. And I thought in that moment, you know, how true is that with our souls? 
Our souls have got to go deep into the richness of God's Word, into the richness of who God is to find the nutrients that our soul needs. Our, the plant, for the plant to get nutrients, its roots need to go deep enough. And how do we go deeper with our roots? The Bible shows us in Matthew 13, Jesus speaking the parable of the sow, and he, he spoke about the seed of God's Word being sown in different types of soil. One of the types of soil was rocky, which it says sprung up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. And Jesus goes on to explain the parable by saying that the rocky soil represented the seed falling on rocky ground. It refers to someone who heard, hears the Word at once receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Now, for our hope to go deeper, it actually means going through tough times. It means going through persecution. It means going through the storm, and in the middle of the storm, hanging on to his word with everything that you've got, and when we do that, the roots go deep. There's no easy fix. It is going through the tough stuff, like Jesus said, and allowing the roots to go deep as we go through those tough times. It's allowing, in the middle of the storm, the revelation to go deeper. And again, like I said, in the middle of the storm, sometimes the temptation can be to try and get the storm to cease or try and find a quick fix solution, but... That is not the answer. The answer is going deep in His Word. I love that we have a God that whatever we face, He is the one that is greater. Whatever solution we are needing, it is found in Him and Him alone. And I love, again, going back to the story of Dad at sea. He was the only Christian on board that night and. All the other guys had given up hope. They took the four life jackets that were there, left Dad without a life jacket, went underneath the cabin in the boat and just gave up in despair. But Dad, all night, stood out on the deck of the boat and cried out to God. He prayed the entire night, crying out for his intervention. And when the morning came, God intervened. And then whatever we are facing, we have a God that's there waiting for us to cry out to Him. We have a God that wants to intervene, that whatever the storm throws at us, it can never claim us because of what we are holding on to. I remember as a 16-year-old girl going on a, an adventure camp at school, and one of the things we did was go white water rafting and we were put in this raft and we were told, whatever you do, just stay in the raft because the raft will take hold of you and the river won't be able to. And I thought again of that illustration, that example of it's exactly the same when it comes to our God. Come on, when we're going through the storm, all we need to do is take hold of Him. And as we take hold of Him, He takes hold of us and the storm cannot claim us. The storm cannot touch us because our security is in Him. Come on, how awesome is He? What a God that we serve, that our security can be in Him. If I could have the team join me, please, that'd be awesome. But you know, this whole 
message of our hope going deeper, of finding soul security in Him. I love that we have a God that always has a promise for us. He always has the solution for us. He always has hope in Him that whatever we are facing, we don't have to feel hopeless because He has the answer. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.